Guru Nation, welcome to episode 419 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, it's actually our monthly Guru Nation hangout. The only way to get notified and participate in these hangouts is to subscribe to the blog, theclinicaltrialsguru.com. This hangout turned out to be uh, the dominating conversation was really focused around sites and we had a lot of sites on discussing site networks and discussing the network effect and how it relates to sites, things sites can do, but there's also some things here for career seekers, job seekers, uh, in regards to interning and starting at the site level. So definitely, uh, hope you find some value from that. Also check out the links in the show notes, CRA Academy, CRC Academy are in the show notes. If you want more studies for your site, check out, uh, or just send me a text at this number, ready? 949-415-6256. Text me there. That is my phone number. I will answer and we can set up a call and discuss how we can get more studies for your site. If you're interested, like a lot of these people, in um, being a Patreon member of my Patreon channel, uh, check that out in the show notes. It's only five bucks a month. It includes a monthly mastermind, very similar to what this hangout was, but just for the Patreons in there. Uh, so that's patreon.com slash And with all that being said, hopefully you enjoy this episode. Thank you. And actually, David, we have a uh, we have a call on Wednesday, right? I believe that's right. I have to check my schedule either Wednesday. That's or right. Thursday. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I put it on my calendar. That's good. I look forward to it. But yeah, Marjorie would love to hear you. Don't know what's going on. Uh, Chris, I know you're there. I know it's like a daughter's birthday, but go ahead and turn on the camera if you want. That'd be good. We're trying to test the limits of any meeting to see if it crashes and kicks anybody out. Um, but what's new, guys? Yeah, Marjorie, retry. Maybe call in. Maybe call in, like leave your computer video, but uh, use your phone maybe for the audio. It's probably something to do with your uh, browser settings. Any meeting is not the best. Don't ask us why we're using it. It's not bad, but uh, what's the enemy of great is good enough. That's the enemy of great. So any meeting is good enough of a platform. It's not great. If it were bad, we would have switched. That's the problem with good enough, guys. There's a deeper lesson there somewhere. You know, we got to figure it out. Uh, so, David, what's new? Uh, not too much. So basically, I'm relatively new to the whole scene here. Uh, I got two PIs that I've signed. They're both in psychiatry. And we're working at this point of getting clinical trials for them. And um, in addition to that, I've got another project. We're currently recruiting PIs. We've got a couple more, um, you know, a couple more in the pipe. So, um, you know, it's uh, so far so good. Like the recruitment part has gone very quickly. And uh, now we're just working on like getting the initial trials in order to get these sites launched. How good. Where is your site located? Houston, Texas. Okay. And then also, and I see Lee, he's on here as well. So uh, he and I are working uh, within the Phoenix, Arizona area as well. Oh, okay, good, good. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people on here. Let's end the Instagram. Instagram, you're going to have to like subscribe to the email if you want to get on this live because I'm going to switch to my headphones here. Okay. Yeah, psychiatry's uh you know, that's probably that's that's the um, indication that we started out in. And CNS uh, CNS has been booming. Honestly, um, like there's a lot of studies right now in CNS. There's a, we have a matter of fact, I don't know if Monica's on here, but we have a SIV tomorrow for one of our sites on a postpartum study. And I don't know if you've gotten that one, David, but uh, there's a lot of no, studies. That's, that's one we applied for. I, I do remember that one. Yeah, they're funny about how they pick sites. Sometimes it's just geography. Like they have too many in one area. We deal with that a lot here in Southern California too. Like, you know, there's yeah. so many psychiatric sites. And, uh, you know, we're always dealing with those issues. But I think there's so many CNS studies right now, it doesn't matter. You know, I think it was – we it, it's feast or famine. Right now it's feast. We were in a famine like in 2012, 20, 2010 to 2012 was like a really bad CNS famine. And maybe like most indications because we were just coming out of the recession, great recession. Uh, but CNS then picked up again like 2013, 2014 and went through a mini slump again. And then it started picking up again in like 2018. Uh, so what uh, tactics do you use in order to get uh, naive research PIs, that type of research experience? Because that's what we've been getting as far as feedback when we've really solicited. It's been, you know, your PI hasn't done a schizophrenia trial before or, or something yeah. like that. I think it's having, um, I think it's having access to a site network. Like if you're able, mm -hmm. so if you have multiple PIs in your, in your community, or if you have multiple interests from PIs in your community, you can do uh, like a mini site network. And basically mm -hmm. what we've done is we've onboarded our new PIs um, by being sub-eyes on our existing PIs, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. basically we meet a promising PI. He wants to open a site in his office we have another PI we're already working with. She has a site with us. So we basically piggyback this new guy's experience. Like we add him to all the studies. Okay. And then, so now he's developing experience. So when it's time to apply for him for a study or her, uh, it's easier. And, and that, that awkward conversation about, you know, how many years of experience do you have or how many studies of experience do you have? is less of a problem, much less of a problem. So that's one of those examples where uh, it's like scalability, like having uh, that network effect. I mean, you know, in technology, these technology companies always talk about network effect. It becomes more valuable the more people are in it. Well, same thing with your own site network. You know, it becomes more valuable the more sites you have in your network because now it becomes easier to plug in new PIs. And not only that, but more physicians are going to want to work with you because 
you have a network. So that's that's like the whole idea of a site network. That's what Chris and I are trying to do here in Southern California. We were initially trying to do it nationwide. It's a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. So what we do nationwide is we have a monthly service where we charge a small monthly fee for uh, sites anywhere in the country. And we get them studies. You know, we help them get studies. We help them negotiate their budgets, do their startup regulatory, uh, create their source docs, help them with SOPs, any questions they might have. And uh, we charge a monthly fee, but they get to join our site network. Uh, But on a local level, we try to do it on our own, like much like you're trying to do, I assume. Yeah. What about the reverse of that scenario? You you suggested... uh, taking a PI and then using other PIs as sub eyes in that trial, mm-hmm. you have, we have a scenario where we have somebody who wants to sign as a PI, but doesn't have any clinical research experience. However, he has a patient population. Conversely, we have a PI with tons and tons of research experience, especially on phase one trials, but no patient population. Is right. it okay to use the, the doctor that, has the patient population use his patient population with the other one as a PI and then put him as a sub I, even though it's his patient population in his office. Yeah. As long as they're both okay with it. So the key is, you know, open communication, transparency between both of them. They have to know what's going on. Uh, And how would you work out remuneration on that? How does that technically get divided up? Cause you got to keep them both happy, but it's like one's bringing, one's bringing the patients and the the overhead, the other one has the experience, so he's key to getting the trial. Now, I think the one that has the patience is really wanting to get into clinical research, so he'll be fairly flexible. Um, I think that is his re- remuneration. So basically, you got to work with what they want to achieve long run. So the guy with a lot of patience but no research experience you're saying wants to be in research long term. So that's a good thing. That means that, you know, you don't need to actually pay anything for, I mean, he's going to be a sub I, what you could do is pay like uh, a percentage of the study to the sub I. Usually we do between five to 10% uh, of the study budget will go to the sub investigator. If they're active and helping with assessments or, and, or patients, um, cause you, you want to stay away from patient referral fees, but you can pay sub buys. I mean, they're contractors at that point of your study. So they're, they'd probably be willing to do it for very little, uh, cause they understand the responsibilities on the PI, but they know that this is an investment they're making in their own, uh, business by gaining the experience. And then hopefully they like you enough and you provide enough value to where, they want to start their site with you, right? Like using your infrastructure. And that's kind of how we're, that's how we're building our mini site network here in Southern California using that exact strategy. Cause that's, that's the most common, you know, these doctors, they start out with private practice and then they see how well research pays. And so it's very enticing for them to just want to give up their private practice. Many of our clients have done that. You know, they've gone from, all private practice and just some research to 100% research, no private practice. So now they're relying on attracting their colleagues to their site network, right? To their site and then helping them. This is the, this is where kind of science meets art. I guess you can call it business. Uh, When they work with you, they're going to be 
helping you out, but they're willing to take less because they're, they don't have experience. They know that if they don't know that you need to communicate that to them, but they should figure it out. The key is once they get some basic knowledge, do they still want to work with you? And maybe yes, maybe no, but I think you, this is where you need to be selling and showing your value the entire time as a site network owner. Hey, what can you do? How can you make their life easier? How are you going to take care of monitoring issues that come up? No PI wants to deal with angry monitors or like, you know, sponsor audits with, with pissed off sponsors. Like if you can alleviate those pain points for them and they can still make good money doing research, they're probably going to want to partner up with you long-term. But this this is like a conversation that constantly needs to happen between you and all your prospects that you're bringing on as far as physician prospects. Matter of fact, any clinician, oftentimes nurse practitioners are just as valuable, if not more valuable than, than the physicians themselves. Hopefully that helps. Who else is on here? Chris, what do you think about this so far, Chris? Are you available to talk? Yeah, everything uh, sounds good. That's good. How's it going over there in your house, working from yeah. home? Madhouse at the moment. Your daughter's Thanks. birthday. Ha happy birthday to her. Thankfully, Julie's dealing with all of it. Ah, very, very good. Answering the door at this point. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think, uh, you know, constant communication and it's easier said than done guys. Like we don't do a good enough job of maintaining communication with our PIs. One of my biggest fears is the PI that's interested in doing research with us eventually doesn't want to do research with us. And I know it could be greatly enhanced. Like those odds can be greatly improved if I were to talk more to them. The problem is time. And so we're trying to build out a team. Monica's like going to be a critical part of that team for Southern California, as well as Dr. Al, who's another doctor that we're working with, uh, on maintaining this communication between us and the PIs that are interested in doing research. They're willing to be sub-eyes, but then we really want to keep them when they're interested in being PIs rather than having them go do their own thing. Even if we're like minority owners in the site, we're perfectly fine with that. It doesn't have to be under our umbrella. The, the doctor, if they're entrepreneurial, can go do their own site, but they should see some value in us to want to retain us and give us some kind of equity um, in, the, in their site or just pay us a monthly fee, in which case they can just become like our other sites, which are treated basically the same. I mean, same infrastructure, same everything. There's probably a little more hand-holding for the local sites because of Monica and Dr. Al and the other uh, people on our team. But essentially, it's the same thing. Uh, so that's that's the, <coughs> that's the strategy we've been using. Uh, what else? What are you guys thinking? What, what else is going on on this uh, Monday? I almost said Sunday, but this Monday afternoon. Marjorie, let me, let me hear. Let me test it out. Well, I'm on the phone. Oh, Can you hear me? Now okay. I can hear you. I know you got <laughs> lots to talk about, Marjorie. It's been a while. Don't I always. <laughs> How, how's quarantine treating you? 
We're good. We're here in the office. We're working. We're seeing monitors. We're seeing patients. Uh, wow! So you know, every monitor, every monitor for your studies are coming in. They're they're coming in. They want to come in. We we keep them isolated in one place. They walk in the door. We take the temperatures. Ask them all the questions that are required for COVID, and then we keep them in one place. And um, after they leave, we disinfect. Um, you know, we make sure everything is clean. We make sure that when they walk in, also they wash their hands. Um, so that's all really you can do. You know, we wear our masks all day long when they are here. Um, so we're we're doing that part, and we're doing the same thing with patients. We're only allowing one family in at a time. So when they come in, so I mean it's it's been good. We have eight studies coming up right now. Um, wow, mostly, eight studies. We're mostly pediatrics. So okay. um, and 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 going back to what you were talking about, because I have something to say um, with our PI who had no experience. Um, our doctor, our pediatrician, she was, um, a, you know, just working at a pediatric office. We brought her in here. She had no experience in clinical research, but what we did for our very first study, we promoted the site, we promoted our experience, we promoted the community, our demographics, you know, her as a clinician, and um, and then the proper training that she would get. You know, we made sure she had GCP, or, you know, HRP. I mean, we we... We did, um, we added all of that, and then, of course, you know, whoever's experienced at your site, we added my CV to it. So I added my CV, and that's how we got our first pediatric study with her. Um, previous to that, we put her as a sub-I. So now the eight studies that we have with her are all pediatric studies, and we're going to open a pediatric office because we realize there's a need for pediatricians. So she's yeah. going to partner with us to be our doctor at our site. Um, so that's kind of how we got her, um, you know, research under her, um, belt. And, um, and like I said, we promote her as a clinician and then we promote our experience in clinical research. So that's a way to get those naive, uh, doctors, um, just by promoting the positives of your site and what you can provide for them. And like you mentioned all the time, Dan, it's about what can we do for them? So it's like we have the database, we have the location, we have the demographics for you. You know, RPI is a great doctor in the community. What, so, so show the positives, and when they come back with you like, well, he doesn't have experience in research. Yes, but he has this other experience, or she has this much experience, and this is what our staff experience is. So that's one way to promote someone who doesn't have research experience. You have to show the sponsor how you're going to make sure that they get the correct data. So, so I don't know. I'll just ramble on for hours, guys. No, that's good. I mean, you know, I interviewed someone yesterday who started at the interning at a site uh, from Bench Research. And on her first day of being an intern, she got hired because the study coordinator left. And then by month three, she was like an expert in the studies she was running. So this goes to show you like this industry for whether you're PI, CRC, site owner, whatever it is, the incubation period is very long. Like, I don't know what kind of animal to compare it to, but like, you, but once you're born, like once you get in, you mature so quickly. Like you go from being like, you know, a baby to at least a juvenile in a matter of weeks, you know, and then you become an adult like within the year easily. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a strange industry because I've been in other industries and there's usually not this steep of a uh, barrier to get in. But then once you're in, you could be below average and always be in demand. It's crazy. 
It's a crazy it's, industry. You, you get what you put into it. You know, if, if you want to become an expert in any part of, it, uh, of clinical research, you can. Um, but it's up to you to decide that that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that we, we like to push, you know, um, the PIs that are going to come to work with us. You know, I say, here's the link <laughs> for GCP training. Here's the, you know, the GCP Man. manual. Marjorie, the, these, these PIs I, come to us and are my interested. Book that in, you, my $200 book, I let no, them take it home. That one's this not give, the, uh, give on mine. Mine's only 30 bucks. Wrong yours book. too. Yours too. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I don't know what the other book sure. is. Okay. <laughs> that, I guess that's an okay book too. I don't really know. I haven't read it. But here's the thing though. These doctors, they'll come to you like this is how quick they grow up. Okay. And this is also the potential danger for you site owners. Okay. These doctors come to you zero experience. They don't even know what 1572 means. They don't know what GCP is, but they, you know, their colleague do research and they want to do it. They come in, takes you like three months, six months. There, we give them P uh, sub by experience. Finally, we get them a study. Okay, before that year is over, they are now at investigator meetings. Although now it's COVID, so they're going to be virtual. But they're meeting with other doctors. They're like experts now. Like so, that's quick. Like they grow quickly. So you have to demonstrate your value to them as a site owner because yeah, you're helping them initially. They don't know anything. But then once they start opening their eyes and see, they're like, hey, why do I still need Dan? And this is where I think, like where we started this meeting with, that network effect. Like some people, most people want to be part of a bigger group because there is more opportunities to be successful if you join the bigger group. And then the more people that join, the more opportunities to is to be successful. It's like a catch 22, right? But in a good way. So I think that the, the danger is in losing these PIs uh, once they figure out what they're doing, if you can't demonstrate the value. And that, honestly, that used to be me. Like I would lose these guys uh, because we would do the work, but then they would say, hey, well, you know, what is Dan actually doing? Like I can do it myself. And then if they go out and do it on their own and fail, they're not going to come back. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, most doctors are not going to do that. They're not going to come back to you. Um, but so it's your duty as a site owner to keep them aboard because not only is it better for you, but you're probably doing them a service by helping them out in the process as well. And then there's always those that will never want to work with you long-term. They're just in it to get their bearings and there's not much you can do, but if you can siphon off some patients from them for your studies, for some short term results, that's good too. It's just the game guys. Don't hate the yeah. player, hate the game. <laughs> I, I think you, you mentioned that in a video a, a long time ago where, you know, don't hold on to your PI because it probably won't stay with you forever. Um, when yeah. I first started this site, um, my, my, my goal was to let's get this PI. Maybe he'll retire. He'll come in and work for us. We can have him here full time. And we quickly learned, you know, everybody has their own path and their own ideas of what they want to do. So we're working together for now. This is the value that we can provide for you. If this is what you want to do, if you want to work with us, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too. So, so as I, I think that that really helped when we thought, we're going to contract with these PIs, the sub-I's, and we're just going to work with each other the time that we can. And if not, then we just move on. Um, and, and that's really helped our business. And I feel like that's helping us grow And, and because we're not just holding on to that one PI. 
we're thinking, okay, who else can come in to be part of this team? Who else can come in? So we're constantly thinking we're going to have turnaround, um, and that's fine, um, and that's perfectly fine. Our core team is the same core team. You know, I mean, Christy's still here. You know, Carla is here. These are my core team guys. But, you know, our PIs and our investigators will come and go, and, and it's perfectly fine, and that's perfectly mm. fine. But in the meantime, we'll do the best that we can for them. Have you ever thought of building, like, a, a site network to keep some of them from leaving? Like, you know, helping them do the research in their own offices if they're going to go? We have. We have. Um, but so far, the, the PIs that we've talked to, they are not interested in doing business, the business part of it. So that's a positive thing for us because, you know, we, you, you know how it is as a site owner. Everybody says we want to do it, but then, you know, it's, there's more to that. I mean, we're, we need overhead. We need all of the things that we need. So, so far, luckily, the ones that we've talked to are not interested in having their own practice, their own business, or anything like that. Um, we do have one PI that we're working with who has his own practice. So um, what his issue was that he wasn't getting any studies. So he wanted to come work with us so that we can run that part of it, and then he could just see his patients over there and not have to deal with it. So, you know, he did it on his own, but then he wants to work with us. So, I mean, that, that's the plan is that we want to be a, a, a site network or have doctors come in or we can send staff to their site. I mean, that's what we want to do. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's going to take time, but we're, that, that is part of the plan. How do you yeah. how do you convince sponsors that you're uh, going to be able to fill the patient population when you don't have a doctor with an office or a patient population? How are you convincing well, sponsors that you can recruit? Well, that's what we um, we 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 actually have a site recruitment action plan. Um, I was a monitor in the past, and so then we used to do that, um, fill out that one form every time we would go to a site. So it's like, what is going to be your action plan? So whenever we would talk to the sponsors. Like, let's say we're going to get a migraine study. We're going to talk about, okay, what, what's the population in the area? What doctors can we contact? What kind of recruiting can we do in the community? So we create all of this during the site qualification visit. So when I talk to them and when I sit down and do my qualification visit, I, I show them this recruitment action plan to show them what is going to be our action plan and what are we going to do as a standalone site because we are a standalone site. So I, I – what I'm seeing in the industry is that a lot of the sponsors are, are opening their eyes to using standalone sites because I think they're learning. And then you, we've talked about this where they're realizing that um, doctors who have a database, once they go through that database, that's about as much recruiting that they're going to do. So <laughs> yeah. we have to show them what is the value of coming to a standalone site and what are the extra steps that we're going to do to recruit the patients that they need. So that's what we're doing to, to show the sponsors, okay, you know, actually we got three, three studies, one right after the other, um, and they just send us another one um, for infant formula with one of these big pharmaceutical companies who, when I went to the investigator meeting, didn't really want to talk to me because I was a standalone site and they didn't believe in it. So I had one of the doctors from the company sit there. We had dinner. I was sitting next to her. And she didn't believe in a standalone site. So I sat there and I told her what the positives were of working with a standalone site. And she was like, we'll see. So we did. We recruited for them. And um, they just sent me a study and said, um, send us the 1572. I was like, well, did we get this study? Oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, you got it. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and send us a new 1572. Okay. So, I mean, we've shown our value by bringing in people from the community. So, 
So that's what yeah. you have to do. I mean, it, it's a lot of work, but, but you know, it's, we have to prove that we, you know, right now our database has grown. You know, we've, we've gone to events where it's helped our database, and um, I feel like our database is pretty big compared to some of the local doctor's offices. And we're opening up a pediatric office. I don't know if I mentioned that. Topaz Pediatrics, guys. <laughs> That's good. Congrats. I mean, yeah, I think I knew that. Like, you were working on that when we did our interview, which was seems like so long ago now because it was we before it. Corona. Yeah, we, we, we were thinking about it, and we actually talked to our doctor about it, and she's really excited about coming to work with us. Um, yeah. and, and, and building the, the pediatric part. So Anything that happened B.C. before Corona seems before. like ancient time. <laughs> 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 We're in A.C. world now after Corona. Yes. Well, or maybe not even after. Yeah, still just yeah. Corona period. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, related to that, so I'm always thinking of ways. So, you know, this whole push for pharma or the industry to create decentralized trials and all this stuff. I mean, remember when like five years ago, I think around 2015, risk-based monitoring was like all the rage. And here we are in 2020 and most studies are still doing 100% traditional monitoring. So, you know, all these things like virtual trials, you know, these are nice ideas and i think some of them will because there is elements of risk-based monitoring that are incorporated now in traditional monitoring but i'm always curious as a site like how can we actually be on the forefront of some of this stuff so i think with the site level it's getting a database this is another reason why i think that network is so important getting a database uh like you've done marjorie where you can pull up a report for a sponsor on a feasibility, like in a few seconds, right? Like, what do you need? What's the IE criteria? Boom. Here's like our report that we've generated. This is the patients in our database. We know which doctor these are associated with. I know that costs some money. Uh, we're working on trying to build our own so that it's centralized now instead of each site having their own. Uh, but I think these kind of things are going to be uh, game changers for sites that are able to show quick numbers to the sponsors as opposed to, you know, just like, you know, here's our word. You you take our word for it. Well, no, we can actually give you a report. We'll, uh, we'll de-identify all the patient info, but this is our report of for your study and like we haven't talked to any of these patients but these are the ones that we would we would target because this is kind of what virtual trials is headed towards really it's uh um quick data like big data and i'm always you know i know sites don't really invest in these kind of things they don't think about these things but i think in five years 10 certainly in 10 years from now i think every site will need to have some kind of a similar platform that they can pull up numbers on real quick. Just my just my thoughts, but I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I agree. This is a Judy with Sun Valley Research Center. Judy, um, how's it yeah, going? Pretty good. I've been listening. Hi. <laughs> I don't think I have my camera on, but um, yeah, I've been. So I agree with you because actually a few years ago we implemented a CTMS system um, that we're able to track all the recruitment referrals that we have. So I can easily go in and pull up a list of all our depression patients. We have 5,000 say, or I can go back and actually, Chris is helping me with the contracts and budgets and I can tell him we easily 
easily have 5,000 in our database that we're going to have to pre-screen for this upcoming depression study. So hopefully we could get reimbursed for some chart review pre-screening costs because that's a lot of work. Um, but it's made my life a lot easier than compared to how we were doing it before. I think we were doing some kind of Excel sheet and it was just a yeah. mess. So once we yeah. transitioned to a system, uh, within a few seconds, I could pull up these reports and it's like the best thing ever. What's it, What CTMS are you using? Uh, real time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've Which heard good has, about it. Yeah, it has a lot of good things. Um, maybe a few negative things, but for the most part, it's really good with the the database and financial part of it. I really like too. Where it keeps Can track you of put, Does it allow you to put like uh, pre screens in there, or is it just patients yes. that enrolled? All the all the referrals you receive, um, whether you pre-screened, whether you didn't okay. contact them, uh, you can um, set it up where you pre-screen them, you didn't contact them, they didn't qualify. There's different things you can uh, select, and then you can customize it. I think you can change it around if there's specific um, ways that you want to categorize the referrals. Um, they can set it up that way for you. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, see, something like that would be helpful. Um, and you, you have one site, right? Like you have a big site, but one yes. site. So we're the only site. And so what you guys were talking about working with other physicians, um, we're kind of the same. We're trying to expand and grow and bring on a bunch of physicians. And a lot of them have their private clinics or they work for the community clinics or hospitals. And so we're trying to bring them kind of like a site network you mentioned, but um, I guess I never thought of it that way. But bring them on board. They can work with us on research. Um, yes, they have their database, but a lot of times we have to advertise and recruit outside of the database. Um, we don't get all our referrals from our pers our doctor's database, and I would assume a lot of other studies. But since we're the only research center in Imperial County, we kind of have access to a lot of physicians, a lot of clinics, and all the patients in the community. We just have would to do a lot of outreach and advertising. Would you, in theory, be able to pull the private practice database from the doctor that works with you into your CTMS or it would have to be manual, um, manual so uploading? It would, yeah, it would be manual uploading. So if we get their information, say we can pull it into an Excel sheet. I think we can import it that way. I've never tried it. Or okay. if we pre-screen individually and put them in that way into our system, but we can open the real time app on our phone and say we're at a physician's office and we can input that referral directly into the CTMS without even taking that referral outside of that office. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the values and the data. I mean, mm -hmm. DIA last year, DIA 2019, back when there were conferences, was like uh, eye-opening for me. You, every other booth was a virtual trial company doing a virtual trial. <laughs> and what they were doing was they were going into doctors' offices who wanted to do a study with them, and they would siphon off their data. You know, hey, how's it going? <laughs> keep it going. Keep the work. Keep the work going. Keep the podcast going. All that stuff that you're doing. Keep expanding. Uh, yeah, love Carla. Uh, so every other booth was like virtual trial. We're gonna give your doctor a study, but in order for the study to work, because it's patientless. So I was just like unraveling this BS as I was talking to the to the guy at the booth, it's patientless trial. So I said, well, pardon my ignorance, but how does this work? Because how do you have a patientless trial? Well, it's all about the data. You do retrospective chart reviews, this and that. I said, okay, well, where do you get the data? 
we get them from the doctors who do our studies. And I say, okay, well, what's the study? And the study is basically them running their platform, siphoning off the data into their, uh, you know, their database, something like what you're using, Judy. And they do this at scale. So by the time they get a real virtual trial from one of these big CROs, they've got like maybe hopefully a thousand doctors in their system and they can pull up the numbers quickly. So if we all do something similar to this, I mean, these guys are not even sites. They're just like a tech company that's they're funded by one of the big CROs. I'm not going to mention who, but they're that's who's funding them, but they're not putting their name on it, but mm. they're funding them. Uh, so the power, just follow the money guys. The power is going to be in the data. It's just, that's where it's headed. That's where the money's being thrown at. And, and this is what sites need to think about myself included. I mean, we're doing it. We're not doing it fast enough because we have all our clients that we work with. I mean, you're one of them, Judy, like we never asked you for your database yet, but eventually we want to get to the point where we're able to have all these patients in the data so we can go to sponsors and say, look, this is a site in Imperial. We can get this many uh, patients for you for these studies and boom. So hopefully it would make the process quicker of getting studies for you, like identifying and, and, and winning the studies from the sponsors. Because right now, what are they doing? They're sending you a feasibility and they're hoping that you're, you're telling the truth, right? Like, I mean, great, you know, great system like they have, but that's what we've been using. And I think that's going to change in this decade. And we just started this decade, but I think that's going to change this decade. Um, we actually were um, we just learned about two different companies that are doing exactly what you were talking about, Dan. One of them actually called us and interviewed us, um, asked us about our people and how we get patients. And, you know, it was just like a whole interview. And then another one is um, another group from one of my sites I used to work with. The owner has created this company where he's networking with a bunch of different sites, and it's exactly what he's doing. He's He's putting in, you know, we have 10,000, you know, 20,000 patients in our database. And so it's exactly what's happening. So that I know of this last month, that's two different companies out there that are setting this up right now. Yeah. That I've heard of. I'm sure there's more that are starting up. Yeah. There's those that are doing it primarily to help themselves, like these vendors I met. And because they're going to sell that data to sponsors and not really give the sites anything other than an upfront payment, which is like peanuts. I mean, they get these doctors that never done research and they're like, oh, this is cool. I get five grand for sharing my database and that's it. Like there's no other value. And there's other vendors like or site networks, kind of like what, what DSCS is trying to do and a few other sounds like this one that you mentioned where you're, tr you're trying to get the uh, economies of scale. You're trying to get that network effect where, hey, hey, sponsor, we have all these sites. We can pull it up like within seconds. Here's the info for Judy's site in Imperial. What studies would be appropriate for her? You know, here's for Marjorie. What would be appropriate for her? And and like within seconds, we can get those uh, that info. And that's that's really the value add is for the sites, like for the individual sites, and of course, for the network too. But be careful and learn how to differentiate because there's those who the final product is selling your data and there's the others whose final product is you, the site, getting the study and the middleman just kind of helping facilitate it 
quicker, more efficiently. So be careful. You're going to see a lot. And they're all called the same thing, virtual trail, database, mm -hmm. like big data. So don't think they're all the same. You got to follow the money, follow what's going on. Uh, and we just started seeing some of that last year. DIA to me was eye-opening last year. I wish they would have had one this year because I bet it would have been more more of the same. Set it up, Dan. Let's do this, Dan. Let's all get together and let's do our own networking here. Set it hey, up. That's what, we're, that's what we're doing with these <laughs> monthly things. Uh, but yeah, eventually the conferences will be back and you guys go go to bio or DIA. Judy, especially you. It's like in San Diego every other year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can go. But uh, you'll see. Just walk around. Like, don't stand at your booth. There's not much value there. Just walk around, and you'll see the vendors. And then you start seeing opportunities and start seeing where the money – I mean, I thought it was really sneaky that one of the big, like, a very well-known CRO is financing this questionable company. Uh, I don't know if the owner was supposed to let me know that, but they did. But their name is nowhere on the brand. It's nothing. Nothing to do with that CRO. Right, but they're funding it. They're like one of the main funders of this. So they're who do you think is going to end up getting that data at the end of the day, right? And then it's going to position them to be able to win more projects from sponsors. So sites need to be doing this too. Like empower yourselves. Don't just let other vendors do it for you. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> what a day. Too bad I couldn't go live on Instagram. This computer is the speaker. I need to change the speakers on this computer. But I, I did it. Judy, I interviewed someone from our Patreon channel. Okay. okay. Yeah, today. And for YouTube, David, his name is Ross. And he wrote a book. He wrote a Kindle book on patient recruitment using Facebook ads. And I saw it, that. Yeah, yeah, it's the only book on Amazon, which is search engine number three biggest search engine in the world people think amazon is a store yeah it's a store it's a search engine it's a search en after google and youtube which is google it's amazon like that's the search engine not bing not yahoo it's amazon and i have a personal experience from this so the book that we wrote the one that we showed earlier from david thank you david uh i put that out there on amazon i had a call a couple weeks ago from a guy working for a European sponsor. And I asked them, hey, how did you how did you get you know my number? Well, he said he was bored one day and just searched clinical research on Amazon and found the book, bought it, read it, learned about all the videos and all that stuff. And now we're talking about being a CRO for like one of his pilot studies. So this stuff works. You guys need to be putting out like whatever is in here. All you guys on the screen right now, I know for sure can write multiple books. You need to put it out there, like put out a book, do some, <laughs> put it on something because people are going to find you people. You won't even expect people think you're just putting it on Amazon to sell. No, it's mainly for the awareness. That's what it's yeah, for. Sure. You're not going to be like Stephen King or Tom Clancy when you write these books, but people are going to find you. Yeah, I actually have a phone call with him um, scheduled late, later this week. <laughs> oh, Ross is the man. Yeah. Ross is yeah. the man. And actually, 
I bought the book, but I haven't read it because, I mean, that's all we, we do a lot of social media advertising. So I need to see exactly what he wrote and pick his brain, I guess you could say. <laughs> he, can, he seems like very reasonable. Like he can. Yeah, I'll release the interview soon for because I did two interviews, one for Patreon, one for YouTube. But yeah, I mean, he seems like he does this for sites all the time running Facebook mm-hmm. ads. So that's a, that's a good guy to know. And one of our very own Patreon members. We love the patrons. <laughs> yes, you do, Marjorie. I can't hear you, but I know what you're saying. You gotta be <laughs> I honest. Said I need to do it. I, I got in there. <laughs> I know. That's I, what I looked you're at saying. my five dollar choice. I looked at my ten dollar choice. I got called over to do something, and Carla got me distracted, and we didn't sign in. So yes, <laughs> because I right. know there's a lot of great information in there. And you Actually, know, Dan, you're your Thank you. More. <laughs> it's honestly more than I thought. Like because I only started that in February, and uh, you know I'm not really pushing it that hard. But people are already writing books, get meeting each other from the masterminds. Like Jeslyn, I know Jeslyn's on here, meets with Judy. I mean, it's like its own little, uh, you know, yeah, for the. Judy, for th- Judy's my best friend now. I mean, come on. Oh, you guys do. Yeah. yeah. We got to get David into it, too. Because David's on the Patreon, so we got to get David on this as well. There's Jeslyn. Oh, there you go. Hello. (laughs) We got all Patrons on the screen right now. This is crazy. Marjorie, I consider you one already. So we got all Patrons. (laughs) And I have a phone call with Jeslyn later this week, too. We're going to talk. (laughs) Empower yourselves. Decentralized. There is nothing more decentralized than Judy calling Marjorie and talking about business. I mean... You know, oh, forget yeah. about what Intel says or Ikevius calls it decentralized. This is decentralized. This is empowering <laughs> the individual at the site level. And at the end of the day, guess what? We need more patients in research. This is an industry-wide problem. This is a societal mm-hmm. problem. How is that going to happen? It's not going to happen unless we get more physicians, more clinicians interested. And this is where, like, all the people you see on the screen, this is our job to and it, and we're incentivized to do so very well i might add um but yes we have every incentive to do that to bring in more clinicians do more studies get more research naive patients in there especially minorities minority i know we talked about this before on the patreon that's a whole nother ball game yeah <laughs> and, and i think that's one been one of our favorite part is talking with judy where we sat down and we just had a conversation and it's like what's working for you what's working for us and and just emailing each other and, and networking with each other, um, you know, there, there's enough work and business and 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 more enough more than enough for everybody. So more than you know, enough. well, yeah, exactly. And this is what we need to do: is we need to stay in contact and just help each other grow. Because um, you know, I'm I'm gonna get that four bedroom yacht, guys, and I'm gonna invite you all. So <laughs> so we need to help each other grow. So <laughs> I'll bring my drop, I, mean. I just want my site to grow. I want to be a multi-specialty clinic in Imperial County. That's my goal. That's our goal. (laughs) So so we need to encourage each other. Something about rural, like I Mm -hmm. love Judy's location. It's amazing. Not to mention it's like right next to Mexico, right? So you have, we don't even need to talk about that opportunity, but the rural aspect, like there's no other sites there, but it's a big enough community to where, and there's enough physicians to where mm-hmm. you can literally have a monopoly on that area. Yeah, like yeah for exactly. Research. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You can't do that in LA. You can't do okay. that where I'm at. Uh, Houston. You can't do that in Miami. In a lot of places, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but in Imperial, wow, you can do a lot. You can do a lot there. So, yeah, thank you guys for jumping on this thing. Uh, what's new? Jeslin, what are you doing these days? Uh-oh, we can't hear. Is it just me? She's having the Marjorie issue. <laughs> oh, can you hear me now? There we go, there we go, there we go. Yay, I was muted. Imagine that. Um, same story, different day, just um, working, 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 acquiring more knowledge, and just networking and practicing what I preach, basically. So um, just staying the course and just staying connected in networking with other industry professionals. So, hey, everyone, it's nice to, nice to physically, well, virtually see you, David. Um, looking forward to talking <laughs> with you soon, Judy. As close yeah, to physical as we can get these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, normally I don't go to investigator meetings, but the first one that they open up, I might go to just to get on a plane and go somewhere <laughs> and get back into things. <laughs> That'll be 2021 easily, easily yeah, 2021. Careful with that. Like okay. middle, middle, <laughs> middle 2021. I know when this first started, we were hoping for like winter time. I don't yeah. think so. I think no. like summer of next mm -hmm. year is like the earliest mm -hmm. we we can like think about doing those kind of things. Well, we've had two investigator meetings during COVID and we've asked for lunch. They won't provide lunch. So guys, <laughs> I'm waiting to do, I'm, I'm ready to travel out to get yeah. some free lunch, you know? So virtual meeting, they didn't, they wouldn't provide lunch for the virtual meeting. They won't provide anything that's on us. It's, we have to figure it out. Eight hours of sitting down during an investigator meeting with not even a minute of snacks, you know? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the great part of investigator meetings. Yikes. Poor Monica. So Monica's doing a Monica's doing a virtual SIV tomorrow, and she's like begging me to be on, but I don't know if I'll have time. I'll probably get on and then get off like without them noticing. But it, like, they're yeah, they want you on there for like six hours. It's crazy. Wow. It's yeah, a long time. It's, nuts. it's nuts. I'll be there for like half an hour, and then I'll be uh, I'll be out. But uh, yeah, poor Monica. Oh. She's probably doing that right now. Another investigator meeting. So lots of studies, lots of uh, opportunities, guys. Keep pushing. Uh, think of ways mm -hmm. to put yourself out of business because better you than someone mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's that. That's that angry. is that. <laughs> but thank you guys for coming on and we got to be doing more of these, you know, the once a month is good. I think mm -hmm. once a month is good. We used to do daily. That was insane. Uh, but once a month is good. <laughs> I think, what do you guys think? Once a month? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that. And we'll do the Patreon once a month too. So that'll be good. Mm. All right. Anybody else want to say something? We're going to wrap up. We got a good amount of phone call people. What is this? Chris. Chris is there. Chris, you're unmuted. You have a good week. Oh, Chris, have a good week. Happy birthday to your daughter. <laughs> I love cancers. Oh. July 24th is her birthday. What's her birthday? Uh, 25th. She's a cancer still. I'm July 12th. So yeah, they're good people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday to your daughter, Chris. Yeah, yeah she's a good kid. She's a good kid. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Everybody have a good day and we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye y'all. <laughs> 
So hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.